This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I am a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. And as you know, I like to explore interesting and controversial topics to educate my cat-loving listeners about all things cat. And today is especially interesting and new because we are going to explore CBD oil. And I have two guests with me today to talk about this exciting topic, Stephen Satal and Liz Houston. And we're going to be back with them in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. Well, welcome. I want Stephen to introduce himself first and then Liz. So, Stephen, go. Hi, my name is Stephen Santal, and I'm an RVT out of California. I currently practice at Silicon Valley Veterinary Specialist. I also am involved in a bunch of other things outside of work. I'm on a, a couple of pain councils with Ericana in particular. I serve as a scientific advisor with my friend and colleague Liz Houston on Fido Animal Health for their CBD products and also a consultant for Elevet Sciences, which also has a CBD product. And you can see me speaking and traveling all over the country and world, for that matter, speaking on the topic. Awesome. Well, so we're glad to have you. All right, Liz, tell us about you. I am Liz Houston. I'm an RVT currently living and practicing in California. I am doing primarily relief work now, as well as serving on the board of Fido Animal Health and a couple of other industry-related boards that I'm involved in as well. And like Stephen, I travel around the country and even the world speaking on many topics and cannabis is one of the hot topics that we're talking about these days for sure. Well, so with this show, I love to kind of dispel myths and talk about controversial things, but making sure that we provide good information so that my cat-loving listeners have the best information to make choices. And so I want to start maybe with just talking about what CBD oil is and a little bit of the background on that. Who wants to answer that part? I think Liz loves answering that question. I I think I'll take that one. Uh, um, So CBD oil is oil that is extracted from a plant, and that plant is called cannabis. Some people might know that plant as 
marijuana. And I don't like to use the name marijuana because it has negative connotations and it doesn't effectively or accurately name the plant. The plant is called cannabis and there are many different forms of cannabis. So the form that we use for animals is most often referred to as hemp or industrial hemp. And the definition, the legal definition of that type, uh, that variant of the plant is that it has less than 0.3% of THC content. THC is a compound in the cannabis plant like CBD. And THC is the compound that makes people high. Uh, it also makes dogs and cats high. This is the compound that causes the toxic effects that we sometimes see in animals who get into their owner's stash of cannabis. The other compound, and actually there are over a hundred cannabinoids in cannabis, and the main one that we're going to talk about today and the main one that is being marketed to pet owners is CBD. And CBD is a compound in the cannabis plant that has tremendous medical potential. It is used as a medicine for lots of different conditions in both humans and animals. And the great thing about CBD is, especially for our animals, is it's not going to make them high. So we're not going to see those toxic effects that we see from animals who eat some product that someone bought to, in order to have a, an experience uh, that's not necessarily medicinal. So if you don't really like it to be called marijuana, I guess me calling it pot is completely out. That <laughs> is okay, but I do prefer cannabis. Okay. Well, I'd like to have a little fun here. So, you know, I think people like stuff that's just a little a little smutty or a little interesting or a little different. And I think that that's why this particular topic has become so hot. But a lot of our medications and, and valuable supplements come from plants. So I want to set aside that stigma maybe and explore what some of the benefits are. Stephen, can you talk a little bit about some of the uses for this product? Sure. So on the human side where we have a lot of the evidence, there's I think over like 23,000 published papers on cannabis products or components being used in people for several different things, looking at its possible benefits. And we have to be cautious because right now the FDA is, is really not loving this whole industry. And so we, we don't want to say it's necessarily going to treat or cure anything, but it's definitely going to help supplement or alleviate some conditions. And some of the common ones that people see in the press and we have ongoing studies for are things like seizures, cancer pain, pain in general, any of our inflammatory diseases, whether that's a gastrointestinal disease or maybe a back problem with discs or arthritis. We have things like inappetence or nausea or vomiting that cannabis products seem to help with. I mean, there's even papers going out so far to say it may help with things with like Alzheimer's or some of these other big cognitive disorders that we're seeing in people and that translates over into animals as well. So I heard a rumor and it might just be a rumor and maybe you guys can shed some light. Is it true that some veterinarians in certain states or, or veterinary technicians can't discuss this product? Liz, is that true? 
That is absolutely true. Most notably in California. So California is probably the state that has issued the strictest guidance to veterinarians, telling them that they absolutely cannot discuss cannabis use for their patients. That guidance has come from the Veterinary Medical Board. The California Veterinary Medical Association, interestingly, is not of the same mind as the VMB. So there's a bill pending right now in California that would change the law to add veterinarians to not to prescribing rights for cannabis, but at least allow them to discuss the use of cannabis products with their clients. In the other states where cannabis is legal, either medicinally or both medicinally and recreationally, veterinarians are just left out of the prescribing rights. And these states don't even talk about veterinarians in terms of the use of cannabis. So it's really the wild west out here right now for veterinarians. And I think that veterinarians need to be a little cautious, depending on where you are, what state you're in, about talking or recommending these products. I think you have to do it with a full knowledge of the law in your state. Some states, it's going to be a lot more amenable to veterinarians talking about it and to clients using these products in their pets. But in some states, it can be very, very, very difficult and potentially legally dangerous. My concern with that for veterinarians is that they may incur some liability in states where it is either illegal or only medicinally legal, but only for a limited number of conditions. And if for somehow a client was, you know, arrested or, you know, quote unquote busted for having these products, that the veterinary may share some liability. I'm not an attorney. I don't know. But it is certainly a concern for me when we're talking about using these products in different states. That being said, you can obtain CBD oil in any state. They, you can order it online. They'll send it to you. Uh, lots of companies are doing it. And companies are relying on some laws, federal laws, to, to do that in a way that they say that they believe is legal. But a lot of I don't know anyone who's really willing yet to be the test case to prove that it is legal. So it's a little, it can be a little dicey. That's for the states where it's not, there's no laws on the books about it or only the federal law saying that it's illegal. In laws, in states where there are laws allowing for either medicinal or medicinal and recreational use, it's certainly a lot easier for owners to obtain the product and use it without fear of legal repercussions. So yeah, in California, there's a definite guidance from the DMB not to talk to your clients about this, but in other states, there's no guidance at all. So Stephen, I think that you guys explained that the active component of this that makes people high isn't present. So why do we have regulations governing this? That is a very sticky answer. (laughs) Um, Oh, good. (laughs) So so to say that some of these products don't have any in it, any of the THC, the Delta 9 THC specifically, can be incorrect in some situations. What we may have is very, very low percentages of Delta 9 THC in these products to the point where, as Liz mentioned, no one's going to get high from these products. You're not going to see these psychoactive properties. And to that matter, CBD itself kind of antagonizes some of the effects of THC. So that means it kind of reverses the effects of that high effect. So even if there is a little bit in there, we may kind of mitigate some of those psychoactive properties. 
But with that said, when it comes to the actual THC concentration and what that means legally, at a federal level, the government looks at hemp as something with a THC level of 0.3% or less. That was a kind of a random number that came out of the study. What was it, in the 50s or the 60s, Liz? Do you remember yeah, in what the, concentration in study the late, that came out of? Yeah, the late 60s and early 70s, I believe. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so that was just kind of a random number they picked from one study with no real basis behind it. What's interesting is there's a really interesting blog. It's called the Canna Law Blog, and they discussed a couple of different cases that have happened and are continuing where the government and states are in at the hemp industry itself are fighting where the CBD is actually coming from and what that actually means as far as scheduling. So right now, there was an understanding which seems to be overturned at this point that CBD was a DEA Schedule One drug. So a DEA Schedule One drug means that that particular medicine or drug has no medical use, is highly addictive, and there's really no benefit to it. And obviously, we're finding the opposite with THC and CBD alike. But what we're having an issue and the, and the sticky part is where that CBD is sourced from. Is it sourced from a marijuana plant that has a greater percentage of THC in it, greater than the 0.3% or a hemp plant that has less than 0.3% in it? So it's still a little bit tricky. I think a majority of the precedents being set saying if it's sourced from hemp, it's not an issue. But with that said, the government has even published papers saying that you can only get low levels of CBD from hemp plants, in particular the stalks or the cake material or the seeds. But as anything, we know how to modify plants at this point. We know how to make plants that have higher concentrations of particular molecules or, or cannabinoids in them so that we can harvest that particular product. And CBD is certainly one of them. I would also like to add that that there is new legislation pending that is hopefully going to clear up this legal morass that we're in right now. And Mitch McConnell has introduced a bill. It's the 2018, I forget if they're calling it the Farm Bill or the Hemp Bill. But what the Hemp he Bill, yeah. Has, the Hemp Bill, the 2018 Hemp Bill. And what he has introduced is a proposal to change federal law to make growing hemp and selling products derived from hemp and interestingly, he has included extracts and oil oils in his in his law, and that will make those federally legal. So they will remove hemp and therefore CBD from the federal scheduled drugs and make it actually legal to purchase. And that will be a federal law. So that is going to be a huge change, and hopefully that's coming very soon. So this show is for cat lovers, and so what about cats, are there, I know you can't really say specific indications, but are there any areas where CBD is showing promise to help cats? Yes, I will take that. We know from a study that was done three years ago by the Journal of Holistic Veterinary Medicine that people are using these products in cats for a variety of conditions and that they are having really good effects with these products. So the main thing that they are using the products for, most of them are using it for pain control, and this is specifically in cats. So they're using it for pain management. They're using it for some for uh, behaviorally related changes. So some of the things that we see with our old kitties, for example, 
and there are changes that come as they get older, if they are out there vocalizing at night, if they're keeping their owner awake by uh, having inappropriate wandering, for example, um, kind of that sundowner idea. They are definitely uh, using it for that. Many of them are using it for seizure control as we are using it in people. That's a big use in people is using it for seizure control and cats as well. They're seeing it also in cats for inflammation, general inflammation, pain relief. And a lot of them are using it for anti-cancer activity. So cats who have been diagnosed with different cancers. And so much of this is coming from people's experience with themselves or loved ones who may have been using these products with similar diagnoses that their cats have, right? So if they're having trouble sleeping, oh, my uncle is having trouble sleeping. He started using CBD and he sleeps great and my cat's having trouble sleeping, so I'm going to try it with them. Or my husband had back pain, nothing worked. He tried CBD for his back pain and it was the only thing that helped him and my cat seems to have slowed down. They're not, she's not jumping as much as she used to. I'm going to try some CBD and they're seeing good effects for that. We're going to be back in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. So, Stephen, are there certain products or advice? I'm afraid that all of this controversy is going to drive people to the internet rather than talking to their veterinary professional team. So can we give some advice maybe about choices of products? Absolutely. So one really important thing to think about when choosing any product is a product that has some science behind it and has some testing behind it. And I will say, you know, not just because I'm a paid consultant for the company, but the only company right now that actually has a pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic study going on their particular product is Elevet Sciences, which is really nice because they're really trying to prove with science that this can be beneficial and safe for cats. So Elevet Sciences is one that I would lean towards, but any other product or manufacturer where they're willing to give you what's called a certificate of analysis is worth looking into. And this is where an owner can buy something online, request a certificate of analysis, making sure that certificate of analysis number for that batch matches what they're getting on the bottle so they know it's the same thing. 
and having a discussion with a veterinarian saying, hey, I know you may not necessarily be in agreement with this or can't necessarily talk about uh, dosing or whatnot, but please look at this and let me know if this is safe. And on that certificate of analysis, there should be a profile of cannabinoids that are actually in the product. So it should have how much THC is in there to make sure your cat doesn't get high, how much CBD is in this product, and how much of these other cannabinoids are in there. And I personally like a full spectrum product that has other cannabinoids in it other than THC. So things like CBG or CBC or any of these other cannabinoids. It should also have a bacterial profile to make sure we're not giving our cat a big dose of bacterial or or fungal growth that has been sitting in the bottle. We want to have the elemental analysis, which is going to look for heavy metals, especially if these products are coming from out of the country. We want to make sure it doesn't have a super high level of lead or something crazy in it. It should have a pesticide analysis to make sure we're not giving our animals a bunch of pesticides from these hemp farms that are popping up everywhere. So we want to make sure it's a good quality product. What's funny is I think we as pet parents are more willing to give ourselves a product that hasn't been tested, but we are... (laughs) We are definitely demanding that we have scientific analysis and and verification for the products we actually give our pet children, right? Well, that's that's for Um, sure. My dog can't (laughs) say, yeah, my dog can't say, hey, that makes me feel funny or whatever, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm much more willing to experiment on myself than on my dog or cat. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a good certificate of analysis should always accompany. And then the other thing to think about is, and I'm just going to say this because I hear it all the time, is a friend or a neighbor has been making their own product and they're going to give that to their pet. And and it's all done in love and it's all done in compassion and everyone means well. But we have to be very careful with the extraction process, how we're actually getting these phytocannabinoids out of this cannabis plant, because we can have what's called degradation. We may have a good plant that is super high in CBD and these other positive good phytocannabinoids, but depending on how they get that out of the plant or if they heat it up or mix it with a certain chemical or a solvent, it can change those things. These things aren't super stable. So it can change CBD into THC. It can turn THC into CBN, which is kind of useless for us for most things. So, you know, making sure we get it from a reputable place that has a certificate of analysis. Okay, so that's great advice. Well, Liz, can you speak a little bit more about the safety of this product? Oh, I would love to. This is one of my big, uh, one of my big bugaboos when it comes to talking about cannabis products because a lot of veterinarians, the only thing that veterinarians know about cannabis is the pot toxicities that they see in practice. So that's the only thing they know about cannabis is that it makes dogs and cats actually atastic. They, they seem very dizzy. They're unable to orient themselves. They're hyper-responsive to stimuli. They sometimes dribble urine. Those are all things that we see in patients who have ingested THC. So high levels of THC can lead to those toxic signs. Now, we call them toxic signs, but the fact is that studies that have been performed over and over, and as as early as the 70s, as part of actually President Nixon's drug council that he put together, they tested doses of THC in particular, they injected THC directly into different species of animals. Of course, this is a 
study that probably wouldn't be approved today, but they use dogs and cats and non-human primates and mice and rats, and they dosed these animals with up to 3,000 milligrams per kilogram of THC. So three grams of THC per kilogram of animal, and they were unable to kill anything larger than a mouse with that dose. So the fact is that even THC that gives us the toxic effects that we don't want to give to our pets has a basically zero fatality rate. It has an incredibly wide margin of safety. There are some veterinarians who have uh, been studying this this substance, CBD in particular, and found a little bit of respiratory depression. And But that respiratory depression didn't show up until we got into doses of 50 milligrams per kilogram, which are huge amounts of CBD. And I don't think that it would even be possible to give that much CBD to your cat. I don't think they would accept it. I think they would be asleep before you could even get close to that amount. The normal dosage ranges that most of the veterinarians that are using these products recommend are anywhere from 0.1 to 2 milligrams per kilogram. And at that dose, we have an, an enormously wide safety range or safe margin of safety with that. Uh, we don't see any toxic effects from it. We don't see adverse effects from it. Animals, for the most part, are not overly sedate at those what we would call therapeutic doses, and uh, they don't have any other bad effects from it. So most of them, depending on the carrier oil that the CBD is in, they don't have stomach upset, there's no vomiting or diarrhea, and there are no other things that might make a cat owner concerned about their, about their pet. They have good appetites. Even CBD itself can be an appetite stimulant, although we know that THC is a little bit better in that area, but CBD itself can stimulate appetite too. So they eat well, they rest very comfortably, they move well, uh, and overall owners that I talk to and owners that have been surveyed have been incredibly happy with the results that they see. And they're very safe. And on the other side of it, we also don't see dependency issues like we see with some other drugs. So you can stop CBD altogether and you won't have bad effects from stopping it. Patients don't get the DTs or something like you might see with other withdrawal drugs. So it's an incredibly safe product as well. Well, so we're just about running out of time. I really, I would love to learn even more about this, but I'm going to kind of summarize the take-home messages that I really want my listeners to get from this, and then you guys correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that it is important that that my listeners, if they want to do something about this, they choose a pure product because I think the scary side effects and the unsafe issues are maybe associated with other additives or at-home mixtures or something like that. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yes. So I think some indications might be anxiety, seizure disorder, and possibly some of the cognitive things associated with aging in cats. Is that what I, did I get that right? Yes. Yes. So and certainly pain, pain as well. And yes. pain, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So you guys have some opinions about where they could find out more about products that you guys feel comfortable recommending. Can you share with us something about that? Maybe Stephen, I'll call on Stephen first. <laughs> there is a, a helpful website and it's run by Dr. Kassara Andre and it's called veterinarycannabiseducation.org. 
Did I say that right, Liz? I feel like I said that wrong. I, CannabisEducation.org? I believe it is VeterinaryCannabis.org. VeterinaryCannabis.org. Thank Excellent. you. And she, she does education for veterinarians and owners, and she actually has a really nice breakdown of what owners can look for in a particular product and ask about, which is really nice for the client's. And then for veterinarians or veterinary staff that are interested, we have a a special group that's for veterinary staff only called the Veterinary Cannabis Academy. And that's something that you as a client and a pet owner can encourage your veterinarian to join so they can learn about this and and learn about the benefits of cannabis in their pet. Excellent. Well, so I have learned a lot today and I'm so happy to talk with you both. And I thank you for joining us. I also want to thank Mark Winter, our awesome producer, and everyone that took the time to listen to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I want everybody to go and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.